This episode was recorded before the passing of Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Our thoughts, prayers, and deepest sympathies go out to his family, friends, and fans. Rest in peace, Anvil, and thanks for the memories. Are you ready? A Shot of Wrestling. Episode 129. Featuring the Boulevard Bullies. And away we go! Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? From the fans to the fans, let me hear the crowd pop. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? From the fans to the fans, let me hear the crowd pop. So take a shot. Oh, yeah. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. So take a shot Oh yeah So take a step up to the brick We got MJP and Green Man It's the brain and champion and chip team From Milan to Japan and everywhere in between Get the up-to-date news on the wrestling scene So take a shot Whoa. Fans calling the line Talks back, get tossed up to sound like mankind 98, 99 in the attitude era So cold, undertaker, the rock and Paul Mirror I'm a street breaker, I'm a heartbreaker This is my yard I'm a more razor, brick man, nature boy, about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW, let me hear you make noise. It's a new wave, and a new wave. Can I get two claps for the new day? AJ with my style, we'll back up the crowd. Want that hit from the fans, we'll go and pick up the dial. Gonna give a shout out to my boy down the Queens. Every day that's sexy, Satan, put up a bullies on the scene. BC Dog, Elf, Marge, Modern Day, my heart And we're coming so hard like it's Monday night. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? From the fans to the fans, let me hear the crowd pop. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? From the fans to the fans, let me hear the crowd pop. So take a shot. Oh yeah. So take a shot. Oh. So take a shot. Well, 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 there it is. It is the full, the full intro to a shot of wrestling. Not very often that you hear that, but that full intro has a lot of great Easter eggs. And one of them is that the Boulevard Bullies are on the scene and they are here with us on a shot of wrestling. But before we get to them, let me tell you how you could continue to support your boys here at a shot of wrestling. Be part of the family. Like Michael J. Putty says, when you're here, you're family and we want you to feel that way. So brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, moms and dads, get everybody together on social media at a shot of wrestling on Facebook and Instagram and shot of wrestling. No a on Twitter. 
We are your variety podcast, so we try to give it to you it all. That's right. We give you reviews. We give you the news. We give you interviews. We give you exclusive content about the professional wrestling independent scene here in the New York area. So continue to support us. Leave your thoughts. Leave your comments. And there's one more way to get in contact with us. You can dial it up. 619-343-3005. That is our hotline for any comments, questions, concerns. Just leave your message there. And who knows? It may be featured on an upcoming episode of A Shot of Wrestling. That hotline serves two purposes. It is also the official hotline to the sexy Zane, Eric Jaden. And he gives out love advice periodically here on A Shot of Wrestling. And if you have any questions on how to be a little sexier, how to work your new sex toy, how to be a better lover in bed. Whatever it is, whatever your concern is, the sexy Zane is here on a shot of wrestling to answer all those questions. So again, you could dial it up 619-343-3005. Now sit back, relax. You're going to enjoy a great show and I'm going to hopefully fill the big shoes of Michael J. Putty, who is away on assignment. We are on the road to boardwalk beat down and michael j putty took a trip this weekend to ensure that all the t's were crossed all the i's were dotted and the final contracts leading to boardwalk beatdown and ensuring that the official podcast of boardwalk beatdown a shot of wrestling is in good hands and everything is set up for us so michael j putty thank you very much for taking care of the business uh as we head down to atlantic city that's right on august 24th and 25th But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here on episode 149. 129. (laughs) We're drinking, and I just added a whole nother 20 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome our guest this evening from the internet. The Boulevard Bullies are here in the air. Steve, I'm so surprised that you were able to remember what episode it was. <laughs> that was a really, really impressive. I, I, I took notes. The last few times we were here, um, I just went in, guns a blazing, and I just forgot everything and got way too drunk. So I took a few notes, mostly just the name, just what number the episode was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you basically, you remembered the number of the episode. And you're still going to get guns a blazing. <laughs> that's all I got. What was the What was the episode that we came on first that we debuted? Well, I'm glad that was you it mentioned 68? that because we, we've had a little bit of history here. Uh-huh. First of all, we got together at Yerman's for our first ever uh, Shot of Wrestling on tour where we actually had an episode at a bar, yes. which mm-hmm. was pretty cool. We had some weird green drinks that nobody really liked. Oh, sh- Champagne, those? Dave. Champagne, Champagne Dave made an appearance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tried and, to uh, have sex with the woman that I was dating at the time through karaoke. <laughs> Ooh, she was fine. Ah. Uh. The second time we got together, we got together with Rich, the bartender, and he made sure that we got nice and toasty mm-hmm. and talked all about wrestling. The third time we got together with Casanova Valentine, a close personal friend of yours now. You guys have been touring the world, it seems like, with him. So this is the fourth time. So thank you for coming back to A Shot of Wrestling. It's gentlemen. been a long and interesting journey. Yeah, for a sure. long journey. Uh, I'm glad we were able to squeeze the time in this, this day because there's so much stuff we got to do. Yeah, and uh, we're, about. we're fully booked. And we're here now, so let's talk about it. So let, let's let's get to it. The fir- the last time we got together with you guys, it was WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans. Seems like 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I recall it being the longest weekend of my life because it truly was. <laughs> same. Yep. same but uh, it yep. was full of so many great moments. Um, we ran into you homeless. 
Um, so fill us in. What happened? How did you guys? Uh, you know, show there up? is there is some truth to that story. So uh, we we went down to New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, to um, you know be a part of the festivities. Most notably, uh, to be you know hanging out with the the, the GCW crew for Bloodsport and uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, so it was kind of cool because we got invited to the cool kids' table. Yeah, you know we, I mean? we we were definitely on the cool cool kids' table. And um, it was a fleeting moment in time. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the first night went swimmingly. Great. Uh, we got in town. We hang out really late. We go to all the parties, the swamp bar, this bar, that bar. Everything. We hung is out great. with. Uh, we hung out with Noel Foley. We hung out with Samoa Joe. No Corey way. Graves. Really? Yeah. If you look deep onto the Instagram website, you will find a photo of Nick Gage, Samoa Joe. Corey Graves and Joey Janela. Oh my gosh. And your boys were right behind the lens. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, uh, everything was going swimmingly. And uh, we did end up meeting up with you, uh, quote unquote, homeless. Um, after the second night of partying, we arrived back to said Airbnb and then just somehow woke up the next morning and were kicked out because we know as a truth is that we party too hard. Right. Correct. The Boulevard Bullies were caught red-handed partying way too hard, even for like New Orleans standards, that the Airbnb people were like, hey, everyone's got to go. Yeah. No way. And this is including... This is including Joey Janela and everyone, including in that camp. They, we just have to relocate. Um, so we, might- we, we basically ruined it. We were in a house with Jimmy Lloyd, Brett Lauderdale, Joey Janela, John Carlo, Penelope Ford, and a few other random people. First night was a pass. Yeah, the bullies stayed out too late, but that's what the bullies do. Second night. Everybody went home super early because Bloodsport was the next day. Me and Steve were like, hey, fuck it. Let's stay out until 6 in the morning. Oh, God. We fly <laughs> into at 6 in the morning. We were guaranteed and positive that the door to the Airbnb was unlocked. But I tried the handle and it opened. And me and Steve's limp, drunk bodies flew through the front door and just laid on the floor. And there was nowhere to sleep. So I took all the bathroom towels from the bathroom and I laid them and made myself a bed oh wow and I slept under the living room table (laughs) which was completely comfortable and this is like six in the morning Thursday night Friday at nine in the morning which is only three hours later I am woken up to the owner of the Airbnb taking photos of me for security purposes for insurance purposes and he says hey man these two red bearded dudes, they're just way too loud and they're just partying <laughs> way too hard. So negative, we were homeless. Negative, we burnt our bridge with GCW. But positive, we out partied the most hardcore wrestling oh God. promotions. Hey, talk about a positive. Yeah. We, defi- we definitely That's great. did. So I will yeah. challenge anyone to say, did you party hardier than us in than New Orleans? Nah, because everybody was able to go back to their hotel at the end of the night and sleep their nice little sleep. Me and Steve got kicked out of our Airbnb the first night and slept on a floor three nights after that. 
Yep. So fuck y'all. You know what? Um, that's the way that that trip should have planned out. I agree. Because, hey, Airbnb, cool kids table, everything was great. It's never going to play out the way you want no, it to play no. out. You know, we still managed to go to the show. Somehow. We somehow got to we the show. We gained admittance to the show. Uh, we enjoyed it. And then um, we had another full day of New Orleans. Um, what are they called? Grenades? Yeah. Uh, debauchery. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, you guys were able to eat crawfish. I flew home and you guys ate crawfish. And oh, because like Jeff a- the intern with his gambling problem actually hit it yeah. big. Yeah. <laughs> finally, finally. One, one in oh, yeah. One of, the, one of the, the great highlights of that was. Oh, wait. The- hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Sad One of the it. best highlights was, uh, you know, just being at the lowest of our lows. And uh, me and Green Man went out to go, like, scavenge around the, the city for seafood or, yeah. you know, uh, soul food or whatever. What New Orleans is known for. And, New uh, Orleans. And we get a... An, I guess Pat had already flown home at that point. Oh, I was long home. I was was sleeping on a flight home. (laughs) I was like, couldn't uh, wait to get to my bed. Yeah. And uh, we get a text being like, hey, guys, I just want it big. I'm going to buy you dinner at a hotel, (laughs) at the Bougie Hotel. And we're like, okay, cool. We're going to go back to the hotel and eat uh, uh, oyster po'boys and drink champagne. Yeah. Oyster (laughs) po'boys. Yeah, champagne sounds great. You know what's so funny is like after Janela Spring Break, we slept with you at like a dirty ass Motel 6 it's probably a Motel 5 and, and could you believe that was the upgrade from the night before and then, and then that was the upgrade from the night before and then the next day the day that I flew home you were at the fucking Harris dead, <laughs> dead center downtown just killing it like the presidential fucking suite man these guys are doing up right it's crazy Anyway, fuck WrestleMania, fuck New Orleans. Can I shoot on Bourbon Street for a minute? Oh, please. Why? What's going on? Oh, my God. Bourbon Street is like the Jersey Shore without the boardwalk. It's like all just materialistic, gimmicky bullshit. You know, when you're walking down Bourbon Street, drinking beers in the middle of the street, it seems like it's going to be awesome. It seems like whatever strip club you're going to walk into is going to be amazing. And just women are going to throw themselves at you or like the beers are just going to flow freely. It was just as gimmicky as every other fucking attraction. If you do go to New Orleans, my recommendation would go to the Murder Museum or go on a swamp tour or go see some fucking voodoo shit. If you're walking up and down Bourbon Street for four days, that's going to kill your brain cells. I'm going to say the exact opposite and say that we sh- you should enjoy all of the... <laughs> Topical drinks, the grenades, the hurricanes and such, the huge-ass beers, because that is New Orleans, and I was happy to be there, You know, I can't wait to go back. I apologize for being so cynical. Me too. And I can't wait to go back. (laughs) If you were to hand me a grenade and put the wrestling classic right next to me, we we made friends with the wrestling classic. Yes, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So we used the trifling norm sad state of affairs to rope the wrestling classic into our alcoholism which was nice so we have a little video where we just punished him and got him drunk the whole time which is great you got some great footage you got some great pictures from your time in new orleans one of the ones that i am very honored to participate in is the one you took of with the struggles, the wrestling classic, the Boulevard Bullies, and a shot of wrestling was also represented in that picture. That's like the Mount Rushmore, isn't it? It, I, in it, our own minds, yeah. in our own minds, it's the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> it's kind of, it's yeah. like our Mount Rushmore. It, it is our Mount Rushmore. I mean, give me I do four th- Northeast wrestling observers who do it better. Uh, you know, not mentioning Sam Roberts or Dave. <laughs> it's like those are there's, four there's startups. Numbers. Awesome. Indie dudes 
trek down to New Orleans on their own dollar. We didn't get We're, paid to cover. No. You know what I mean? It's like those are four dudes who still fucking love wrestling, who just want to pay their own dollar to do their thing and then like provide content for their fans. So shot of wrestling, wrestling classic, the struggles and Boulevard Bullies. It's like, dude, that's that's the shit. Right Shout there, out man. to all you guys. Yeah, that's, Shout the, out to that's the family. But and, and I'll, I'll I'll shoot with you guys for a minute. In no way do I feel like I have earned my spot there. Oh, but us, I am neither. Working. us neither. Us neither, dude. I'm going to be working my ass off yeah. to make sure that I'm welcome back to the table dude, this year at WrestleMania again for that. You know what? Second we're, photo shoot. We're sitting there in that photo and you got Wrestling Classic on one side of us and Struggles on the other side. And just like we would be in between two wrestlers, it's like, man, we don't belong here. Yeah. This is wild. <laughs> yeah. And, totally and, how I felt. No, but thank you for we were, bringing we me along. We were in the same boat, man. We were in the same boat. All right, police. While we're sharing some drinks and having a great time, you guys have made some great friends. Your friends with a shot of wrestling. Your friends with GCW, CZW. Everybody's friends with the bullies. Who are your closest friends right now? My mom and my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. So uh, weird. I mean, look, Casanova Valentine has been probably our go-to guy for the last almost full year of being around. I would say big two have been right now the last year have been Casanova Valentine and Bull James. Yeah. Now the originators were... Who were your friends before that? Yeah, let's yeah, go back to the beginning. Our friends before Bullies were Brett Lauderdale and Larry, maybe Danny DeManto. How do you say it? I always mess it up. Yeah, DeManto. Yeah. DeManto, DeManto, right. the cold-hearted playa. And uh, he was our friend before. Playa. Uh, it's, it's pronounced player. Yeah, it's playa player. is Spanish for the beach. That's yeah. what I thought it was. I thought he was the cold-hearted beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were our friends before, but uh, you know, they, and they're still our friends yeah. now. But our, I'd say, our biggest two friends slash advisors at this point in time, two years in, have been Bull James and also Casanova. So we're traveling the world with uh, with anybody that that wants. I mean, to you introduced care. me to Casanova the first time on our podcast, and then it really got me interested in what was going on in Brooklyn with those no ring death matches. Dude, be on sick. When we called him that night on your show, we weren't even that close friends with him. You know, he was just like a dude who we interviewed, who we were kind of like chilling out with. But since then, we have become like best friends with Cass and also Bull. Uh, is there going to be any other no ring death matches in the near future in the Brooklyn area? Let me tell you something, Green. We know exactly what's going to happen. What? He's done nine death matches. Mm -hmm. He's about to do the big ten. Really? Do you know who's fighting in ten? Are you going to break it? No, on nope, shutter no, Come absolutely on. not. No, we're not on. going to. Nope. But I just want you to know. That when it does get announced uh -huh. and you see who he's fighting in Deathmatch 10, I want you to think one thing and one thing only, Green. The Boulevard Bullies were the ones who thought of and pushed for this person to be the Deathmatch 10. The final. Really? As far as we know, the final Deathmatch. Under that moniker of Deathmatch 10, yeah. Tender Trap, wow. blah, blah. Tender Trap, no ring, Deathmatch, no rules. If you were to take your number one choice, times that by a million. and He's that's fighting the bullies. <laughs> <laughs> he's fighting the ghost of John Lennon. That's who he's fighting. Yeah. 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 Well, for all of our listeners, if you do not know about the no ring death matches pulled out by Casanova Valentine in the tender trap, we are letting you in on a little secret in the wrestling world that needs to be exposed, that everybody needs to go to. Expose it. 
It is one of the best shows I've ever been at. Oh, isn't it? And the fact that I took my sister-in-law to her first wrestling show. Yes. And it was that show. And it was that show. Oh, my God. First wrestling show. God, ever. Wait, wait, wait. So while we're talking about wrestling shows, Steve, you had the opportunity to go with Cass to Orlando. So fill us in about that. Oh, yeah. I definitely did fly down to Orlando. Red was Eye it on fly- a whim? Um, like, it was pretty last minute. I it was want- like a weak whim. <laughs> I wanted to go. I only booked my flight when I coordinated where he- when he was actually getting his buddy pass down. Okay. Because, you know, he's he's big league, and so he's he's gets a buddy pass. You know, he gets- and, you know, nothing he plans is ever solid until well, less yeah. than 24 hours before. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I actually bought my ticket and I was like, you know what? I want to get a nice comfy seat. So I got to pay the extra up fare and I sat in the front row. Ooh. And I'm like, hey, Cass, I'm sitting in the front row. Our flight's <laughs> leaving at 640. He's like, hey, I got to wait till everyone boards and then I got to hope oh. there's a fucking uh, seat for me. So I'm sitting in front row at 6 o'clock in the morning watching everyone go into the flight. And I'm like, is he showing is he up? Make it? Is, like, is the door for closing? Him? Is he showing up? Is it is the door closing and then at the last possible second he's like walking on with his little like <laughs> stupid little bag of like his vest and his like his like tights and whatever and he's like hey i made it on the flight and then uh we got to orlando and it was insane orlando was a fucked town there is a bar that's called Frosty's that is Christmas themed 24 7, 365 days a year. Okay. They shoot out fake snow every half an hour. We met up with Marcus Crane, who was his opponent, and we just basically drank and partied way too much the first night. The day of the show, Cass didn't even want to do the show because he was so hungover. Oh. <laughs> There's a shot in our blog about it where he was just laying in the backstage uh, with a towel over his face. And the footage is a lot more brutal because he's like, hey, um, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> and I'm like, Cass, we're in Florida. You have to do this. You're he's, literally already here. Yeah, You've it, already been flown it's down. Like You're laying on the sofa downstairs. It's 8 o'clock. <laughs> Everybody's ready. <laughs> it's 8 o'clock. The opening band is already playing. Um, you can't not wrestle. So basically, he got his wits to him, he got his shit together, and they had a brutal-ass no-ring death match. Marcus Crane is a fucking animal, very reckless, mm. in the most partiest kind of way. I appreciate, in the best way. I appreciate how reckless this guy is. Um, so Orlando <laughs> so basically was a nonstop shit show. The match was almost canceled. There was so many things consumed. There's a lot of fake Christmas happening. It was a really, really long two and a half day weekend. So you had a great time in Orlando. Yeah, I can't wait to go back. <laughs> we had a great time in New Orleans. Did we have a great time at the gathering of the Juggalos? All right. So you want to know? I want to know. You want to know the real story? I gotta be honest. And and if and this is one of the reasons that I love you guys. Um, for people who are not in tune in the wrestling scene and in the independent wrestling scene about everything that's going on with all the promotions and all the cool things happening, follow the Boulevard Bullies because they will give you an exclusive look into what is going on in the New York scene. Because if you talk about independent wrestling, there's no better scene than the East Coast scene right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Northeast. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, Patrick, you introduced me way. to the Gathering of the Juggalos because I had no idea what was going on. Fill me in. 
before the story starts, I just want to say that I wish I was there, and on the same note, I'm happy I didn't go. I am with you on that boat. This is an intense moment, and I want you to pay attention and pay attention very closely to the story you are about to hear. All right, so where to begin? So, first and foremost, what needs to be said is that I have never asked anything of Casanova. I would never put myself over. I would never act like I'm some kind of wrestling entity. But when he got booked for the Gathering of the Juggalos, I messaged him directly, not in the group with Steve or not in any kind of bullies type of way. I literally sent him a direct personal text that said, Casanova, please, I've never asked anything of you in my entire life. I don't know how or why, but I just know in my soul that I need to manage you for the gathering of the Juggalos. You proposed it. I needed to. Wow. And the original idea was that Steve and I were going to come out as Paul E. Dangerously and Jim Cornette on either side of him. Mm. And just, you know, not that the gathering of the Juggalos crowd or anybody who was watching the show would even get it, but it was just something that needed to be done. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty like, cool. It sounds like it just a, needed to happen. Dude. Even just the visual, it, it sounds really cool. Imagine like one dude on his left with a big cell phone and the other dude on his right with a big um, tennis racket. Yeah. Oh my God. That's just unbelievable. Because like the thing with us and Casanova is that we both share a love for that 90s ignorant fucking TNA bullshit you know what i'm saying so there was a no-brainer for me to manage him as an old school paulie i bought the suit i bought the hat i was looking for old school cell phones online but that zach morris phone on ebay you'd be surprised it's like 200 250 so what i did is i split the difference and i just bought an inflatable (laughs) novelty (laughs) zach morris cell phone yeah that's exactly what happened And I said, hey, man, Cass, I'm here for you. I'm ready to go. I want to manage you at the gathering. Come out with me as bully dangerously. (laughs) That WCW Paul Heyman, that good shit, man, that, that... that scathing, awesome manager that he was. I wanted to recreate that because that shit doesn't exist anymore, man. Right. Just like like Casanova, like a wrestler like Casanova doesn't really exist anymore to this day. So we wanted to throw it back. We wanted to go to the gathering and just be like New York assholes. So long story short, Steve couldn't go. I brought a suit jacket. I bought long pants. I bought dress shoes. And I literally rocked a novelty cell phone and screamed into it during my entire managing of Casanova. And let me tell you, we've been referees, we've been ring announcers, but I think our real... Your calling? Calling is being managers. Wow. You know, I want to... I have to ask them, before you move any forward, who else would you build this stable that you would manage? All right, so my two would be... I mean, Cass is obvious, so we won't count him. I would go definitely Bull James. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just know that with all of the, uh, with everything happening in the current atmosphere with bullies, we need Bull James and Casanova on our side. Right. right. Well, Bull James and Casanova are givens, but who's the third man? Definitely. All right. So let me think real hard about this. It's definitely Bull. Yeah. And it's definitely Cass. Absolutely. The third person, you know what? I would try. Oh, it's a no-brainer. Schlack and Maria. Exactly. Ooh. 
<laughs> that, dude, come at me. What faction in the entire history of professional wrestling could beat the bullies crew of Bull, Cass, and Schleria? Yeah. I wow. Was, I had a brain fart. I like it. And I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, and the light at the end of the tunnel was... Schlack and Maria. Just Schlack's wow. to- toothless smile yeah. is just the light <laughs> of the end. The- it was those two <laughs> sentient beings just looking at us. Oh, my God. An honorable mention, Kid Osborne, just because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Kid Osborne. Well, gentlemen, thank you for enlightening me in your tours of Orlando with Casanova. And have the we, ga- though? And the gathering of the Juggalos. Have, have we really? I apologize profusely. <laughs> We're very drunk. Can I just apologize profusely? Uh, just to go back to the Juggalos real quick. All you need to do is go watch the footage. It's out there. Just watch me be a great Paulie. Just watch me be a great bully. That is awesome, guys. Well, thank you for letting us know a little bit insight of what's been going on with the bullies. Have there's, we, though? There's more because there's more that's been going on since the last time we saw each other. Steve, give me that. Whatever you just drank there, I want some of that. Dude, this is so good. This tastes like a, <laughs> this tastes like a Christmas. Uh, what's the thing that you kiss everybody under? Mistletoe. mistletoe. This, this tastes like a Christmas mistletoe. On that note, I'm going to just take a shot, and we're going to do a good stuff. Yeah, it's delicious. (laughs) I know. We have a few minutes left on the IG Live, so we have to bring it up. You posted a video this evening right before we started recording this podcast about the similarities. Right before we sat down, we, we, we posted our manifesto to expose the Shook crew. And I think the point was made. Our point was made. It was drilled into the ground, and... I don't know what else there is to say. It, it, I mean, is it a point or because I did reach out to the Shook crew and I did my due diligence and I uh, try to get a comment from them. But unfortunately, their comment is no comment. Right. Well, those who are in the wrong are the quickest to say they have no comment. Really? Because the easiest way to snake your way out of a situation is to say nothing. They stole our gimmick. That's pretty much the goddamn truth of it. But I got to be honest. I, I, I mean, I've seen your stuff, and I've seen the video that you recently posted. Um, the Shook Crew does uh, diss uh, tracks. You do in-depth videos on professional wrestling, behind-the-scenes stuff. You know what? They might do diss tracks. That's fine. I've never seen you guys do a diss track. We don't need to because the idea is that we had our angle looking at professional wrestling and infiltrating the system and they took our aesthetic Mm. they was very similar same company situations we were at cage of death 19 they were at tod 17 the same year yes the numbers were off but it's definitely the same year and they're in the ring saying subscribe to our youtube channel and we're like hey six months earlier hey the internet is important you should subscribe to our youtube channel I feel as though that there are so many different ways you could go with a gimmick in wrestling. If you are a smart, young, talented person, you can go any which way. Why do you choose to wear our clothes, dress our way, use our vernacular, push over the social media the way that we we push over our social media, have the friends that we have that like Mm. us, and then also say that you don't have no idea who we are. There are people that I can point to on a name-to-name basis that know who we are and say they enjoy our content, that are friends with them and friends with us, 
and they go, we have no idea who they are. We work for the same companies. We mm. are on the same. We are in the same town. We are in Long Island. We work for the same companies. There's no way that these three kids, who their friends, who work in the same training school as they do, those other guys say that bullies are great and they're funny and they're awesome. There's no way that they they have no idea who we are. It's just it, it's literally impossible. Do you find that disrespectful? The way that they no sell the idea is very disrespectful. I would appreciate, I would have much appreciated a, hey, you know what? You did this, but we're wrestlers. We're doing it better. Mm. That would have been a, a little easier to digest. The idea that it's like a, hey, who are you? What are you doing? When there's been clear communication on social media, there's been clear, uh, you know, like barriers to entry. There's been blocks on Twitter and blocks on Instagram. And the fact that they will still Why be do you like, think they blocked you? They blocked us because they immediately realized that the jig was up. That we that they that, stole our idea. That we would not back down to the fact that we realized what they were doing. Mm. There's and you know what? We've been around for two or three years. We have never seen some other people in our area be like, oh, we're going to do a YouTube channel. And then as soon as we call out somebody going, oh, YouTube channel, wrestling, funny clothes, funny funny sunglasses, um, quirky stuff, they back down really quickly and they just block us because they have no other, no other way to, to go about it. I will say that it can be summed up in one sentence or maybe two or three. I don't understand sentences. <laughs> it's that two years ago, we were fans who started the YouTube channel who through our own ingenuity and cleverness for better or worse have broken into the business i mean it's undeniable at this point i hate to say that i would never put ourselves over but it's legit and we never pat ourselves on the back we are the most self-loathing youtube channel that's ever existed in the world and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, after some of our stuff has garnered some success, there are just three wrestlers with no gimmick at an unnamed school who just decided, hey, our gimmick is that we're fans with a wrestling YouTube channel and we're going to hop the guardrail. And it's like, hey, man, that's a little bit like our idea. And then, you know, we, we, we're chilling. It's like, you know, I see that that might be a little bit like our idea. So you want to work an angle with Brandon Kirk and do a little like fans hop the guardrail thing. It's like, hey, man, that's great. But what you need to know is that that was our idea first, you know. And if you're a indie wrestling student, I mean, you need to know about the Boulevard Bullies, right? And if you don't, you start that gimmick and do your songs and do your whole thing. But at the end of the day, it's like. I'm just so surprised that nobody along the way told them, hey, guess what? You're stealing their gimmick. But I don't blame them because they're just shitty little unknown students. Yeah. It's bullshit. They literally have thousands of dollars of merch at their table. Flags, t-shirts, stickers, uh, animated chocolates. drawings, chocolates. Oh, my God. It's like, check it out. We're a grindcore band. That just got a record deal and are going on tour. And they're a local grindcore band that just ripped off our idea. And we got to run into them. Time out. Green Man just took the sickest swig out of that American whiskey. American whiskey. It's delicious. All right. So there you go. You can't edit that. that. That's just done. That's just yeah, that's, done. That's, 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 that's a done. That's a finished comment. <laughs> well, gentlemen. Um, 
What, gentlemen, what? <laughs> you go ahead. What? What is it? Let, let, let's shoot for a little bit, okay? Let's um, let's fucking shoot, man. What do you want to know about? We're gonna give you all the dirt on everybody. You you want to no know the dirt? I want to know the dirt on, on the Boulevard Bullies. It's it's the reason I got you guys on here now. The thing that you're doing. Well, with there is no crew, dirt on the Boulevard Bullies, the, so well, you're barking up the wrong tree. Everybody <laughs> else, we got you, but Boulevard Bullies were super que- yeah. squeaky clean. Well, you know, I think we stated our claim for the Shook Crew. I think we stated our claim for our allegiances with with other promotions. All I'm saying is the bullies are the fastest rising gonzo journalists in the game today. The most original content, Fuck the yeah. most comedic and meta content. And if you're not on board with that, then I don't three words. know to, what are the three words. Three words. Suck it, yeah. Suck it, yeah. <laughs> Just like Grim said. He says he says eat it, yeah, but it's close enough. Eat it, yeah, whatever. Suck it, yeah. It doesn't matter, man. All right. But one of the things that I, I do have to say that I uh, respect about the maybe animosity that you guys have with the Shook crew is like this is the best Boulevard Bully content that I have seen in a while. For a while, it feels like the Boulevard Bullies have made connections in the wrestling industry and they've been playing nice. They've been playing nice to their friends. How dare you? No, 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 no. You, How dare you, guys, you, green man. you? You guys have been playing nice to the people you know. You've been respectful. You've been trying to pay your dues. But you have not been the Boulevard Bullies that we met back at the ICW show at the Elks Lodge. If you think that we can't be bullies in the truest sense at any God-given hour of the day, then you are wrong. I challenge everybody to come to a show, to hang out with us. We will out-drink you. We will outsmart you. There is no way that we will not win in a fight. Have fun trying. All right. Well, well, it's a great way to end our time with the Boulevard. No, no, we're not ending. We're no, not ending. No. We're not ending. We're just starting. We're just starting. I'm glad you mentioned that, Pat, because... I have so much to tell you about SummerSlam, about the Shook Crew. I want to tell you about Connor Claxton's underwear. I want to tell you about Dan O'Hare's real job. I'm going to tell you about... Steve, what else are we going to tell them about? You're going to tell us about everything because you know what? On that note, we are going to keep you on because we got the rest of this episode to get to. And let's get to In the News. What's that? It's In the News with Michael J. Putty and the Green Man. All right, everybody, we are back. We are back to In the News, and we got a lot of things to talk about, and we still have the bullies here with us. Uh, Tickets for Ring of Honor New Japan Wrestling G1 Supercard went on sale, and for the Honor Club, they sold about 60% when the Honor Club bought those tickets, and they sold out within a few minutes when general public tickets went on sale. Gentlemen, are you going to the Ring of Honor New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden next year. When is that? <laughs> Somewhere around WrestleMania weekend. Hey, if there's one thing that you know about the Boulevard Bullies is that we will sneak in and find a way into every show to provide great wrestling content. So you will we'll, be there. I'm sure probably, we will. Probably not. What do you th- What do you think about it being? Do you think it's going to be a problem for WWE the fact that this show sold out so quickly? During WrestleMania weekend. Uh, did it sell out so quickly or did they give half the tickets away as comps? 
I don't know. Or, or did robots buy it? You know, you to know, sell in yeah, the, is, the back is, is market. It, is it secondhand sale? Is it all StubHub situation? I mean, if you're, gonna, if you're going to completely kayfabe it, yeah, sure. Ring of Honor did a really great job getting Madison Square Garden because he never had it before. But who really knows what's happening? Vince might have his puppets controlling the entire situation. Well, a WWE sellout at MSG is usually around 15,000 fans that would buy for a house show. So that being said, if they sold 9,000 tickets of those 15,000, that would be 60%. Yeah, but one thing I've learned from being a YouTube entity for the last two years is that 15,000 means absolutely nothing. So it's like, yeah, you sell 15,000 seats and you pack out that spot, you black out 5,000 seats, everything's cool, it looks good on pay-per-view, but is that a real sellout? It's wrestling, man, it's a work. It's not a real sellout. They gave half the tickets to their boys. You think so? Interesting. I don't know, I I think so, but you know, it's like, hey, what do I know, man? I guarantee that you Cody let, Rhodes... Let, let, let's fight the good fight and say that they actually did it, and congratulations to them. Yeah, good for, good, good for them. Good for them. Good, good for, for them. them. Let's move on. CM Punk is in the news because Cole Cabana is suing CM Punk for breach of contract and fraud following a recent defamation lawsuit win over the WWE's Dr. Chris Ammon. Hey, so you know, um, the first thing to say is screw anybody who thought CM Punk had their best interest in his head. Hell because yeah. he has been known to be a big dummy and a big bully. <laughs> and a big douche. And if he was going to cover half of Colt Cabana's legal fees, and he said it to him in passing or whatever in the text messages, and Colt Cabana actually listened to him, well, that's Colt Cabana's fault. Because CM Punk is a 145-pound weirdo at UFC, and he has nothing to do anymore. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because in that email that you're uh, briefly mentioning, he wrote, whatever my bill is currently will be cut in half, and half will be yours. Starting now, I will no longer be paying your bills. You are on your own. If you choose to make it ugly, that's fine too. I hope you won't, but... I gave up on you doing the right thing a long time ago. Who said that to who? CM Punk said that to Cole Cabana in an email. All right, you know what? Let me let me talk. I am a huge alternative music fan. Yeah. I am a huge getting tattooed fan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know that. And there's just this one super staunch, super tattooed guy who decided to get into wrestling at the right place at the right time. He matched up with the right people at the right time, namely Paul Heyman. And let me just say, it hasn't been an easy road to come to this conclusion. I've tried so hard to give this person the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to say that CM Punk couldn't hack it in hardcore. He couldn't hack it in straight edge life. So he went into wrestling and couldn't hack it there. CM Punk is weak. CM Punk is a toy. CM Punk will argue and fight his fight over anybody who will listen. Mm-hmm. CM Punk got his fucking ass beat brutally twice yep. in UFC. Mm-hmm. Yep. And CM Punk, by the way, was never the best wrestler. Never the best in the world. Roll it back, Green Man. CM Punk was literally never in his entire career from beginning to end, the best in the world. CM Punk was a guy who is shorter than me, 
a guy who weighed in less than me, who decided that a AA into a knee strike was a go to sleep, and that was a finisher. CM Punk is ignorant. CM Punk is delusional, and he should just go away. And you're hearing this hmm. from a tattooed punk rock independent supporter. Like, if you're any dude out there with any kind of original idea, I support you. CM Punk, go away. And you know what? Without Paul Heyman, CM Punk is nothing. Yeah. Without Pepsi, CM Punk is nothing. He, just like every guy who I've ever met in the hardcore scene when we were in a band, leveraged straight-edge culture to try to get ahead because he had no original thought in his fucking head. And he sucks. CM Punk gives tattooed alternative thinking a bad name a bad name yeah. that's for goddamn sure man it's like dude you try to present yourself as some punk rock god some fucking independent god but really you're just like working for the machine more than any of us will ever do and then when the machine doesn't work for you you're gonna complain and cry like a baby so right now first and foremost i've been thinking it for years i will officially denounce cm punk he is not one of our people. He's a mainstream guy with tattoos. He doesn't live it. He doesn't do it. It's like, oh, you're working out and you're trying to be a professional wrestler, so you're not going to drink. So now you've adapted the street edge culture. Oh, my God. That's so happy. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> so happy. You're so enlightened. I gotta be honest. I've been a CM Punk fan for a while. You're an idiot. And, and you're the worst. That's a dumb <laughs> decision by you. I'm sorry, but... I have been a CM Punk fan, but this may take the, the cake. And maybe if, if his best friend does not want to associate with him and wants to now sue CM Punk, could this be an opportunity for me to be like, yo, CM, CM Punk is the common denominator. He's the fuck up. Let me ask you this, Green Man. I'm going to ask you a question. Did Absolutely. CM Punk ever have a creative thought in his fucking head for his entire life? Well, the, all, fact, all, the, well, the only, fact that he was he was able to shoot his own promos, the fact that... Was he the, able to the, shoot his own yeah, promos? Yeah, absolutely he but, was. But let me ask you this question. Was he able to shoot his own promos? Or did he, at one point, for 10 minutes on air, shoot his own promo? And then everything else, he sold out and read a script and was the pipe bomb guy. <laughs> like, if you think for one second that after that original promo with the sit-down Stone Cold yeah. thing... If you think for one second that after that, that Vince didn't take it and literally mold it into his own fucking image, like CM Punk sold out, dude. Okay, yeah, there was one moment in time where CM Punk sat down Indian style and said some shit. By the way, was that a shoot? Nothing on Raw is a shoot, okay? True. So that might not have even been his original Possible. idea. Okay, and then he was he was the pipe bomb guy, dude. Your pipe bomb is like Fruit Loops to me. Get the fuck out of here. A WWE pipe bomb is literally like children's cereal. Okay, <laughs> you understand? So like, for you to claim to be like some kind of savior, some kind of bullshit, it's like, dog, you were selfish. You were bullshit. You were everything you stood against in thirty seconds. You went from being the guy that you wanted to be to being the guy that you never wanted to be. And mm. you just sold it right up the river. And then, because you had no other avenue to go to, you decided to go to UFC and embarrass not only yourself, but all of professional wrestling and all of UFC. 
So literally in one fell swoop, CM Punk, the punk guy, the Pepsi guy, the cool, abrasive guy, the savior of the independence, literally made a mockery out of promos, professional wrestling, and UFC all in a, a one-month span. He's a fucking idiot, and I swear to God, I would street fight him right now if I could. I think you would. CM Punk. Steve, Well, say, say amen. Testify. <laughs> Testify, Steve. <laughs> well, one, from one Paul Heyman guy to another. Yeah, Lesnar. well, Paul Heyman is a different <laughs> story, dog. Wait, wait, wait. From one Paul Heyman guy to another, in a meeting with Vince McMahon before Raw, Brock Lesnar is reported to have told Vince McMahon that he is willing to work WWE and UFC going forward. How this would work between UFC and WWE remains unknown, but given Lesnar is a big draw for the company, there will be no doubt a lot of work behind the scenes to ensure that this remains part of the fold. Gentlemen, what do you guys think about Lesnar? Bullshit. (laughs) Being part of two organizations at one time. The Lesnar can do whatever he wants because everything is so fucked in the first place. So if he wants to show up and do a little UFC and a little WWE, everything is a shadow of itself in the first place. So I don't even care. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even watching in the first place. So who cares? Dude, when's, Steve, when's the last time you watched a Raw back to, front to back? Six months, 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 six months. What's the last storyline that you feel compelled by? Maybe when uh, Matt Hardy was trying to get the delete, delete thing happening in real life, and then it slowly got deleted. You know, <laughs> no, dissolved. It just became this mainstream thing. It's like anything that's good and original, yeah. just like real life, just these corporations, they take and they chop and screw. Well, gentlemen, um, speaking of Brock Lesnar, Chris Jericho said that he admires WWE Universal Champion Brock Lesnar for having his current contract. Now, just so you know, Lesnar receives $127,000 per appearance and $637,000 per match. He was speaking to Jim Ross on his podcast, and he said, and I quote, you can't blame freaking LeBron James for going to the Lakers for $40 million for two years. Blame the company. Blame the owners. Blame the team. Blame the company. Blame Vince McMahon. Don't blame the guy who received the formable deal. So can we blame Brock Lesnar for the shittiness that's been going on with hey, the Universal so he, Championship. So he's operating within a system that's allowing him to do that. So they want to they want an absent champion. He's waving his hands saying he will do that, and he's picking up the paycheck. And you know what? If I can go to work once every two months and get I my full it. pay, I'll, I'll do it. it. <laughs> it's like what's the no point? question? What's now. the point Let of it. what's the point of showing up every Monday, Tuesday, and doing the weekend circuits uh, for the same pay rate and getting nowhere mm-hmm. when you can just push around your leverage and your clout and say, "Hey, I'm worth showing up once every three months for a quarter million dollars." Is it, is, is it bad for the storyline? Maybe. Does it make the boys who tour around every week? really mad probably but if you're Brock Lesnar you're fucking Brock Lesnar yeah. Yeah. who cares and you know what any of the boys if they were offered Brock's contract would take it mm-hmm. why not it's like no matter how much you love the business with literally whether you're Roman Reigns everywhere down to Joey Janela if somebody was to offer you that kind of deal you'd fucking take it man I totally agree and in other news 
I'm happy to announce that the Elite just announced that the all-in event will be broadcasted on pay-per-view. The Elite just announced. Oh, you you're happy to announce the, the Elite's going to make billions of dollars based on all marks who hate actual wrestling. Yeah, and you could catch them on the Fight TV app. Never heard of it. For the first hour and they're all in zero hour. No, never and heard of it. it will also be shown on WGN America. Not going to watch free. it. Don't care. Don't care. My question for you guys is, are the Boulevard Bullies all in? Yo, we're all in. Are you really? You know it. In some way, shape, or form, we're going to show up and we're probably going to mess everything up. You ready for this? Go ahead. I, I need you to cut this and I need you to send it everywhere. Okay? Okay. You're going to hear it here first. This is an opinion that is unlike any other you have ever heard. All right? Give it to me. Cody Rhodes' dream is to attach himself to anything that makes him seem cool. All right. So when Cody Rhodes was in WWE mm -hmm. and he was being written Stardust, mm -hmm. he was like, man, my dream is to just make Stardust as best as it could be. And then when Stardust didn't work for Cody Rhodes, he said, hey, you know what I need to do? I need to quit WWE. And my new dream is to be the best independent wrestler I could be. And then when he realized he wasn't worth shit, he latched on to Bullet Club and he said, hey, you know what? I'm Cody Rhodes, and my dream is to be at Bullet Club. And then he was in it. And then once he was in it and he had this team, he said, Hey, my name's Cody Rhodes, and my dream is to run the biggest independent wrestling show in the world. So I just want you to take a step back and understand that the name Cody Rhodes is as much of a work as anything else in professional no, wrestling. No, no, no. I totally disagree. Yeah, well, you're totally, totally wrong. Disagree. You're totally wrong. I See, totally weigh in, disagree. baby. See, this, this, got, give us your analysis, Daddy. This is a heated, heated conversation, and I. Um, this guy is a. This guy is a feel, bandwagon jumper. I feel, <laughs> I feel slighted. I feel like it's. I'm. I'm halfway this way. I'm halfway that way. I can't tell. I, I respect the work that Cody Rose has been doing to uh, do you in call his it career. Work? Are you going to call also, it work? Yeah, Are you and, call and it work? the work that he has been doing to, to get over. Oh, has he done work to get over? Or did yeah. he just latch on to something that was already over? All Ins is an original concept. It's an original Bullet concept. Club, it's not Bullet Club All In. It's oh, it's just oh. All In. Okay, so so you're saying that it's not Bullet Club All In. No. Are you, are you crazy? It, it, it's an original concept. Okay, basically, what you're the independent scene to get together and put on a show like they're oh, putting yeah. on. Because Cody, Cody, Rhodes, Rhodes, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks got together yeah. and, and and made it yeah. happen. Oh my God, Cody Rhodes is the Abraham Lincoln of the independent scene, right? Like there was there you're were putting so words in my mouth. They that were is not so, what I said. The independent scene was so disjointed. It was so unsuccessful before Cody Rhodes decided to throw his name in the ring. But he totally brought it to the next level did he yes i have Do you no argue that he hasn't i have no belief in my mind that cody rhodes booked anything that's happening i think it was the young bucks and their ingenuity and they're in and they're part of it it's the young bucks and cody rhodes no it's, it's not cody the young bucks and cody rhodes it's the young bucks featuring cody rhodes oh if anything yeah. it's it's cody rhodes featuring the young no, bucks for him to go instagram live and be like hey i booked the biggest wrestling show blah 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 it's like dog oh my god it's like you couldn't even be successful being dusty rhodes's son uh, so then you had soon, to so soon. then you had to quit you had to quit the company 
The best movie ever and did. And then you had to go latch on to the Young Bucks. You know what I'm saying? It's like you couldn't even hack it as Dusty Rhodes' son. No. You, the, the infamy, so disrespectful, The infamy Pat. that so you gained. Nah, dude. And I love Cody. I love him. I think he's a great worker. I think he's a brilliant mind. He's well-spoken. He's brilliant. But let's be honest, man. You couldn't get over as Dusty Rhodes' son. So then you had to quit your shit and go get over as... Like, you just literally lashed yourself on to the other biggest thing. Give me a break, man. Give me a fucking break. Without... You know what? The key is... The young bucks, man. The the, the most over thing. I agree with you. On the that. smartest and most over thing in professional wrestling for literally the last fifteen fucking years has been the young bucks. The young bucks are the key. Just because some fifteen's well, a-, a little long, but yeah. maybe, maybe like, maybe give like me, five. give me give me give me a real give five. me a real like, like three to five. No, five. I'll go ten. I'll go ten. No, split the difference. Five. They weren't even around ten years ago. All right, six and a half. Yeah, they're like five years younger than us, so who knows? <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I would I would agree. I would agree that agree with Cody that. had his thing. He had his steam. He just hopped on the right thing, man. But I think that because he coupled himself with the Young Bucks, it became that much more influential. Mm, and influential. I'm not going to say that word. he wasn't um, doing a great thing on yo there was a year where he was just fighting Kurt Angle in a steel cage in the, on the independence you know I mean yeah. he was doing his thing but i think when he definitely latched on or you know connected with the young bucks uh it definitely the synergy was greater mm-hmm. than you know the sum was better than the, the the whole was better than the sum of its parts you know what i'm saying let me just ask you this what was what was Cody Rhodes's plan when he quit WWE, what was his plan? Like, if, if the Young Bucks and being elite didn't exist, what was Cody Rhodes going to go do on the independent scene? As a man, I, w- I would say... As, as a any, man as a, No, no, no. As any man, I think his, his plan needed to be to make some money. Yeah. And, to make and some if money. my plan and was any, to make money... And if I have a name right? like Cody Rhodes to go out and make some money, I would go to the promotions and, and try to make that money. Cody Rhodes was featured in HOG Wrestling. Cody Rhodes was featured in, and then got his his push with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Cody Rhodes, anywhere that you can make money, that's what you needed to do. All right, use. so let me ask you this. What is, in your mind, your all-time favorite Cody Rhodes match? I don't think I have one. Yeah, you know why you don't have one? Because he's all fucking filler and no killer, dude. But it's okay to be a filler. No, it's, it's actually okay not filler. okay. It's, it's okay actually bullshit. There's listen, many people who are fillers. Listen, if you without be, without the fillers, you wouldn't have the people, the other people, to right. rise up. You're absolutely you need, right. You need a little bit of everything. And I love that, and I appreciate the sanctity of professional wrestling, where one person puts another person over, and all that fucking bullshit happens. That doesn't matter because it's all fake. But however. <laughs> What Cody Rhodes needs to understand is that he literally has offered nothing other than a physically good look and a name since he has started. Is that not the truth? Whether he was Cody Rhodes with the face mask, Stardust, Stardust, these characters, I love these characters. And he did dude, a great job But with he them. is, uh, all I'm saying is that he is not the savior of independent wrestling. He is actually a Who's double agent. Who's calling him the savior? Uh, everybody no on this fucking planet. No. Dude, when you look up, when you go and Google the biggest independent wrestling show that's ever existed, the sold out show, whose face pops up? The Tell Young me. Bucks? 
Oh yeah, yeah. The Young Bucks, and who's in the middle? Cody Rhodes. Right. He is the hottest name in, so in basically, professional wrestling right now. Cody Rhodes' talent. O- Omega. Cody Rhodes' talent begins and ends at the fact that he was able to go back into the fucking populace and convince all these motherfuckers that he's money. When really, in reality. So kudos to him. Because there's yeah. other people who've left okay. the WWE so who are not doing that. You know what? Enzo Amore is not doing that. So Austin he's a- Aries is not doing that. So he is, in fact, a great businessman who can do a spinning pivoting diamond cutter (laughs) you know what i mean it's like his marketing is on point but his fucking wrestling is give me austin aries over cody rhodes any day of the week and you know why you wouldn't book austin aries over cody rhodes because the size because of the name it's it's nothing else at the end of the day listen to this this is a goddamn shoot steve (laughs) okay what I need to tell you is that wrestling is about honor and it's about legend and it's amazing and it's the most beautiful thing that's ever existed. But at the end of the day, it's more about marketing and it's more about the size and the look and the name. So Austin Aries, to me, is a much, much, much better wrestler than Cody Rhodes. Mm. Head and shoulders. But Cody Rhodes got the name. Cody Rhodes got the hot wife. Cody Rhodes was smart enough to go connect himself to the Young Bucks. And that's why he is the face of the biggest independent wrestling show that's ever existed. He did shit. Two years ago, he was fucking stardust reading lines from some guy. And by the way, when you leave the business, are you going to bury every single fucking person you work with? Like, do you really need to write an open letter burying everybody like give me a fucking break you sucked your gimmick sucked and now you're indie get the fuck out of here you gotta write you gotta write a whole letter i'm i'm off cody Rhodes, man i'm off him i'm you off know, him go ahead steve um, Wait I'm in, at, baby. Uh, on, on that young night, bucks, i think we made young need bucks to the money and this bucks in the fact shit. that we agree to disagree um and no, move on actually and move on to that's the next. not right you're wrong you're actually wrong you're actually completely wrong i'm sorry to disagree with you but you are wrong Cody Rhodes sucks. He's a above average wrestler, godlike name, savvy business sense. Guess what? It sounds good to me. Yeah, that that's sign me formula. up too. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm that, that's, that's well, a, that's gentlemen, in other news, you, you can just cut that all out. In you other news, WWE has announced that Renee Young will be filling in for Jonathan Coachman on commentary, which will be the first time that the female commentator will be able to cover a whole Monday Night Raw. Now, we talk about the women's evolution coming to Nassau Coliseum. How do you think? What do you think uh, about Renee Young doing uh, commentating? I think it's great. I mean, she's great. She's probably been the most real person that's been around in the last few years. And uh, she's hot. Yeah. I, whether or not she's attractive or not, you know, I think she can talk. You don't think How Renee dare Young's you? attractive? How dare you? That doesn't even factor in. Yuck. Coachman sucks. That's the point. Well, yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's, she's subbing in to some person that's way superior oh so sorry way inferior to her um good for renee uh it's about time um i like her little bob you know dean ambrose is cool too uh (laughs) you know she's canadian so poutine that's great just keep it going and also it's like hey i i feel like they're looking at the product and whoever they is they're saying hey you know what and who sucks coachman (laughs) Like, he's so bad. Like, and even when he tries to be good, he's even worse. So not only would I plug 
literally anybody into that spot other than him. But it just makes sense that you would bring in a beautiful, amazing, intuitive, and intellectual woman because you know they're on the eve of the shit that you said. And Coachman's the worst, dude. Can we just He's say not good? Like just yeah. because you hosted Sports Center doesn't mean that you know about He's like sports. Why did he even come back in the first place? Because you know what? I feel like they brought him in because they saw the time that he spent at ESPN and they were like, oh, he's going to legitimize it. He's going to give it a real yeah. life analyst feel. But like, he dumbed it down, man. He, he's no yeah, bueno. He yeah. really is the worst. And even when, he, like, the more he tries to give it this analyst feel, the more hokey and shitty he becomes. You know, give me Corey, Corey Graves all day. And all day, are are you not over Corey Graves? No, I'm starting I, to feel like I'm getting a little over Corey. Let Graves. me tell you something. I am not over Corey Graves, and the reason why I'm not, I'm over, I'm over all this WWE talk. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, yeah it, well, that's that's definitely a um, you know overwhelming like overall factor is that I'm over WWE. But if I wasn't, Corey Graves would be the money because Corey Graves knows, like Corey Graves channels Jerry Lawler nineties. Probably, you know yeah. Like, you know what? There is that back and forth heel face commentator situation that I do like when I do watch wrestling and I do watch Raw. Um, I would put my vote to him. Going back to Renee, she's cool. Let her get the spot. Everyone else fucking sucks. Michael Cole's <laughs> dead in the water. Uh, Coachman is an idiot. Uh, give her, give her, the, give her the reins, and um, you know she's like a little, bit, little bit of like a little, little lisp. And it's kind of mm. cute. So it, whatever. It is. It is. It's endearing. Um, we're getting Have ready we... to the road on Boardwalk Beatdown, and Abyss will be appearing on that, going against uh, Matt Tremont and Dan O'Hare. Big scare, Dan O'Hare. <laughs> the big scare, Dan O'Hare. Now, during a recent interview, Abyss spoke on what pro wrestling is missing these days. The one <laughs> thing, and he says, and I quote: "The one thing I do think wrestling is missing is characters." Abyss is a character. The one thing wrestling has to be careful of is going completely away from characters. When I got addicted to the business when I was a kid, it was characters. It, if you look back at the 80s and 90s, everybody, even the opening guys, had characters. I fear it has gone too far to be athletic contest versus character. I think that is something the business needs and needs to be careful of. Gentlemen, do you All think right. the business is missing characters? Land, All right. Steve. All right, I'm going to just call bullshit on that because you know what the you know what the business was missing? The business was missing Abyss showing up the last two times Matt Tremont called him out Oh, the show because uh, we're good friends right. with... Yeah, the uh, business is missing characters showing up on yeah. time and so, when they have well, previous well, commitments. Well. So, you know, I, I know that Abyss was uh, booked... I think, hey, you know, hey... Uh, I, I might digress. There might have been a family issue once or so, um, but the business is missing. The business is missing people showing up to the matches they're booked for and fighting the fights that they're gonna fight with the workers they're gonna work with. And Abyss can't just come out of the blue and say, "Hey, 
you know what? There's got to be more characters because, hey, you know, back in the 90s, there was a lot of characters, Max Moon and Doink and fucking Bastion Booker and Duke the Jumpster Rossi. And that I wasn't a fucking... Actually, you know what? When I was 10 years old, I really liked Duke Jumpster Rossi. And Anambam Anam was my dude. Yeah, Bastion but, was my favorite. But, you know what I'm saying? is like, you can't just focus on characters because you could, you could have a lot of characters stuff and if you can't work in the ring and you can't tell a good story when you're actually there, what the fuck is the fucking point? So I think Abyss needs to show up. He needs to put up and sh- put up and shut up and show up and fight Matt Tremont. And then after what happens, if he thinks he has to talk about character development, then go f- go that way. But if not, he should probably just shut up and just put his little stupid pseudo Batman Bane mask away and just never <laughs> show up again. Yeah, and and you know what I love else? You, Dad. <laughs> you know what else? It's like, okay, you're Abyss. You got mad cred. I'm into it. Right, you, like you've proven things that n- many wrestlers could never prove. However, how about you just do all of us a favor and shut the fuck up, and not comment on who needs to show up and who doesn't need to show up? Like it's wrestling, man. Like so, for you to be Abyss, who's a guy in a mask, who's a guy who's like a, a, a at this point a ten year character, for you to say what's wrong with wrestling? Nah, man. Yo, Abyss the character doesn't say that. Like, why would you shoot on things that you... You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't even know. You don't even know what these people... And by the way, your schedule sucks. You barely show up to shows that you're booked on. So for you to, like, shoot on people, like, there need to be more characters. The only reason you're saying that is because you're a character. Mm -hmm. Like, the other reason you're saying that, like, characters need to be over is because you're a character. And I do agree with him. I do agree that I hate the independent wrestler, which is the Black Trunks, who's using their first and last name. Like, I fucking hate that more than I hate Abyss being an asshole. But, however, Abyss's words, to me, hold no validity because he doesn't show up to his indie bookings. The TNA bookings that I've ever seen him on really weren't that great. Like, you're no Mick Foley. Like, give me a break, dude. Like, did you hold the sanctity of your character for your entire fucking career? Like, everybody who has come before you has? No, you you didn't. You, just the fact that you're doing a shoot interview, saying that means that you're part of the fucking problem, dude. Done. Yep. End of story. Move on. Oh, yeah. Great barbed wire match with Tommy Dreamer. EV 2.0, let me go jerk <laughs> off in the corner and die rather than watch that match. Like literally waterboard me, put me in a <laughs> put me in a, a veal box and let my muscles atrophy before I watch anything from EV 2.0. Veal, I've never heard anybody say a veal box wow. before. That's amazing. Well, yeah, this know, is they, why we they have put the- baby <laughs> they put baby cows in, in a box and they don't let their muscles atrophy. So if like a cow was to grow up to be full strength, it would be a steak. Yeah, I you- know how you make veal. I'm just saying you don't ever say oh, veal do box. You, do you? You don't. I don't feel like you know how you make veal. <laughs> yeah, like, because do you guys you, know how to make veal. Because listen, you put the. Baby cow in the oh, box, and you, you let the muscles atrophy, oh. and it becomes a veal. But you don't call it a oh. veal box. Right, so literally, <laughs> let, let's just bring that full circle. Abyss was in a veal box his entire life, okay. and now that he's broken free, he thinks he's a full cow. But, but, now, but now his name is Veal Biss. Yeah, but however, <laughs> however, he's still just, he, like, in years, he's an adult cow, but in veal life, 
he literally just got his box broken. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how dare you talk about the business because you were literally just the one guy in a mask from TNA that sucked for 25 years. Am I being? Am I exaggerating? Yeah, I think 25 years is a you little long. You may be long. exaggerating a little bit, but uh, you'll have your every opportunity. Single, every <laughs> yeah. single thing I say gets 10 years added Pat, to it. You may have your opportunity to voice your opinion at Boardwalk Beatdown. Nah, don't Abyss, stop plugging that. We're not going to be there. I don't Abyss care. is going to be there signing, and the night of Boardwalk Beatdown, he will also be taking on Matt Tremont. Uh, you know what? I bet Abyss <laughs> is much better at signing autographs than he is at wrestling at this point, so... There's a shoot for you. Well, speaking of Boardwalk Beatdown, we have uh, what an exclusive. What are you talking it's, it's, about Boardwalk Beatdown? <laughs> I don't even know what this is. Dude, we're going to be you home. You totally know what it is. I'm going to sleep in. let me tell in, you a little bit what, more. What, what date is it? It is August 24th I'm going to sleep until 4 o'clock that day. So I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be in Queens sleeping until 4. And then well, I'm going to go listen, get Italian ices. Re- and then I'm going to smoke weed, jerk off, and go to sleep. And well, not listen, watch any wrestling. The rest of the wrestling world will be going to Atlantic City. There is no wrestling world. For Just stop it right now. Walk beat down and a shot of wrestling will be covering it all weekend long we will be there at dinner with the stars hold on stop stop what's what is a shot of wrestling i don't what are you saying like and a shot of wrestling will be covering dinner with the stars with our exclusive live that's like podcast a new, that's a new with that's a wrestling that's iq 101 pat let me fill you in because boardwalk beatdown will be going down on august 25th and after that, it would be the breakout tournament of champions putting out by standalone wrestling. Uh, we spoke to Chad Mines the last two weeks, and we bring, we're going to bring him back one more time tonight on A Peace. Shot of Wrestling. Club. In Atlantic City, the boardwalk, boardwalk. We are getting closer and closer and closer to Boardwalk Beatdown. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. We are the official podcast of Boardwalk Beatdown, and we are on the road to Atlantic City. We're on the road to standalone wrestling Boardwalk Beatdown. We have back the man himself, Chad Mines, who's going to give us some answers to some frequently asked questions uh, that you guys may have about this upcoming event on August 24th and 25th in Atlantic City. So, uh, Chad, welcome back to the show. It's three weeks in a row. How are you feeling, man? feel amazing. It's great to be back on. This is awesome. I mean, you're you're getting closer and closer. So, are the nerves starting to kick in, or are you just ready to pull through and have a great weekend? Yeah, nerves are at 120 <laughs> percent. All right. So, fill us in first and foremost on if people are just starting to hear about Boardwalk Beatdown. Um, who is running this thing? So, uh, Boardwalk Beatdown consists of uh, myself and my two partners, Preacher Phineas James and Arlene James. Okay. And uh, you guys also run Standalone Wrestling, correct? Correct. Awesome. If I buy an admission ticket, do I get to watch the wrestling shows too and get autographs as well? Or do I have to buy everything separately? So, there's two separate passes. Actually, you know, there's it's three events with three separate tickets. Uh, Friday night is the dinner event, Dinner with the Stars. Mm-hmm. That's uh, one ticket. We have a admission ticket for the convention, which is the 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. event, which includes access to the vendors, okay. uh, the merchandise, uh, and the activities that we have planned. And then the 
7 p.m. live show is an additional ticket as well. All right. And uh, where could I get these tickets? All the tickets are on StandaloneWrestling.com under the Buy Tickets section. What does my admission to Boardwalk Beatdown cover? So your Boardwalk Beatdown convention admission, it gives you access to the vendor room, which we're going to have uh, you know, close to 100 tables of talents who will be available for meet and greets, merchandise, podcasts, and other media. Uh, we're going to have a separate room called uh, Beatdown Academy, where you can uh, learn some small moves. You can uh, dress up like a wrestler. You can take promo classes and fun stuff like that. We're going to have trivia contests and video game uh, contests, uh, trivia. We're going to have a DJ, uh, you know, entertaining the fans, food and drinks and everything like that as well uh, for that portion of the event. Awesome. Actually, there is a question that I have about um, food and drinks. Is food and drinks going to be available at Boardwalk Beatdown or do I Yes, have... definitely. Yeah, so there, on site there is restaurants or we're actually going to have food in the, in the conference center itself as well. Cool. Now, this is in Atlantic City. We are in Queens, New York. There, I'm sure there's a lot of other out-of-town people coming from all over the United States. Um, how do we get there? How do we get to um, Atlantic City? So if you're coming from uh, Philadelphia, you're going to take uh, the Atlantic City Expressway mm -hmm. from 42. And if you're coming north from New York, you're going to take uh, the Garden State Parkway south to the Expressway to Atlantic City. Cool. How can I find out who will be at Boardwalk Beatdown? Okay, so if you go to standalonewrestling.com, which is the same site you buy your tickets, there's a tab that says Boardwalk Beatdown, mm -hmm. and you need the entire guest list, all the vendors, and our sponsors. And hotels. Now, I'm very familiar with Atlantic City. There's tons of hotels, casinos. Some are on the Strip. Some are outside the Strip. Uh, does Standalone Wrestling have a blocker room somewhere, or are there any uh, hotels that you suggest that we look into? We do have a small block on site at the Claridge. The code is Wrestling without the e so it's w-r-e-s-t-l that gives you access to 10 percent off of your room oh amazing uh at boardwalk beatdown will the talent be selling their merchandise as well they will yep uh can i purchase autograph packages the day of or they, do they all have to be purchased prior to the day you could pre-order or you can uh, buy the day of some vendors do pre-order specials where you save money prior to the event if you order, uh, but everybody will be available the day of as well. Amazing. One of the biggest draws to this event is the Bullet Club. So I'm sure you've gotten this question asked. Can I get a picture with the entire Bullet Club? You can. We have uh, two separate packages. They're called Banner VIPs. One is going to be an all-in banner where you can get the entire Bullet Club. And another one is going to be a Bullet Club banner. We will have the Bullet Club uh, banner behind you. Wow. And will the talent, not just the Bullet Club, but will any of the talent sign personal items? Like bring your own items? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, they love doing that. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, is Boardwalk Beatdown and Breakout in the same room in the Cladridge? It is not. The uh, conference center is on the second floor and the theater is on the sixth floor. Easy access by elevator. Awesome, man. Well, those are the frequently asked questions that we've received. Um, do, do you have any other questions that anybody has asked you along the way that you feel that you want to let everybody else know about? 
And the most common question is, is a person still coming to the convention? And uh, that gets updated via our, our website, standalonewrestling.com, the Boardwalk Beatdown tab. Parking, they have an on-site uh, garage parking, uh, which is at a fee that uh, is dictated by the hotel. But also, you could park at Ocean Resort uh, for free because they're doing a free parking promotion there. Oh, that's amazing. Cool. Um, well, you answered this for us last week, but I'm still very curious. And if you didn't listen to last week's show, will there be another Boardwalk Beatdown next year? We are definitely planning on it. Uh, like I mentioned, we are, uh, you know, we have a, an option of a different venue, which uh, is more upscale and uh, I think would fit uh, our brand better as well. Uh, so uh, definitely, uh, you know, if people come out, they buy tickets, they support the brand. Uh, we spread the word. There's no reason why we won't have a year or two. Awesome, brother. Well, listen, we are beyond excited to participate in Boardwalk Beatdown. We want to thank you for joining us in these last few weeks on our road to Boardwalk Beatdown. I think the next time we'll see each other will be in person. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. I'm sure you're going to have a busy weekend ahead of you, but anything that you need from us, always feel free to ask. We're here for you brother and that's it we'll see you on boardwalk beatdown man thanks so much can't wait to see you guys there in Atlantic City, the boardwalk, boardwalk. all right and now we are back thank you chad uh for filling us in again boardwalk beatdown is on august 25th um a lot of great things going on. <laughs> we're drinking some some whiskey. We're drinking some wild turkey. We're having a great time here. Still with the Boulevard Bullies. And let's get into Raw and SmackDown and uh, Impact Wrestling and Lucha Underground. Cheers. And we heels. literally watched none of those. So I can't wait to give you my opinion on those things that I, we don't watch. A shot of wrestling presents Raw and SmackDown, Cheers and Heat. Thank you, Larry Legend, uh, for a great introduction to our Cheers and Heels. Gentlemen, now I know the professional wrestling world is, is so dense. There's so much great things going on right now, but did you guys get a chance to watch Monday Night Raw? No. I mean, you, you you had to watch some part of it. You you posted on your Instagram some great memes about Paul Heyman. Do you consider that one of your cheers for this week's Monday Night Raw? You know what? That promo was very great. I take back everything everything I said. Um, Heyman is the greatest actor of our lifetime. Goat. Fuck, goat. Fuck DiCaprio. Fuck De Niro. <laughs> it's all about uh, Paul Heyman and his un, unshaped Award-winning face. performance. Oh, my God. Like, I will keep an eye on Raw like in the background. But when I saw them before the actual segment, like cut to a preview of Paul, mm. they're like, hey, up next, we got Paul and Renee talking. And I saw that he had obviously not shaved on purpose. It's all the details. And he was just in the like, details, baby. he was so in it, man. And I cannot even remember the last time that I looked at Paul Heyman and said, man, that guy is the fucking goat. And when I was watching that promo, and, and this is the last time I even enjoyed Raw, and I can't even remember the last time I thought it was good. Maybe Jericho, Kevin Owens, like, best Ooh, friend times. fair. Uh-huh, yeah. like maybe maybe the, when Jericho was still on Raw, I was enjoying it. But, man, Paul Heyman's promo mm. was 
literally the shit. And the only downside is that it was promoting the worst match ever. Mm. Like, it's like he did the best promo that I care about so much for a match that I could give two fucking shits about. My dog was crying. He had not shaved for a week. And guaranteed, that's as much facial hair as Paul Heyman can grow in a right? week. Right? I it's guarantee a while. it. Yeah. And just, just like him getting in it and just like being a, like, that's what it's all about, man. I, this, it's disjointed and it's a weird commentary by me. But holy shit, Paul Heyman on Raw, probably the best thing I've seen in six months. I think the other, the only other thing I would cheers for Monday Night Raw is the Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy appearing in opposite corners during the revival in the B team match. Okay, I thought that was cool. Yes, the fact that they, I mean, they've done the re, the disappearing and reappearing trick, but in the way that it was, it was booked in opposite corners and the opponents in the middle of the ring sold it so well like they were calling into each other oh, they were so worried yeah like oh my like, gosh oh what my the God, fuck's going on some supernatural you know, it shit. was so yeah. good so it, it was good sold it. but was it like good good or was it just like something in raw that didn't suck it was i i thought it was good good i thought it was good good too however like is the match is the payoff gonna be as good as that moment, we, we could only hope so. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I still I think one of the best temper tag, expectations. If I one, one of the best tag team matches that I ever saw featured the revival in NXT, and and one of the the stories that they were telling is they were keeping their opponents from making the tag. Yeah, and I still remember just investing, being invested in that match because of that. Oh, well, revival in NXT is the best tag team wrestling that you'll ever see, bar none. That spot was cool. I agree. But will they use it to their benefit? Will they make it an actual cool thing? Probably not. It'll probably be just some kind of weird schmoz. Um, you know what? I apologize. I don't want to be so negative. It's going to be great. No. Well, we're, we're, we're <laughs> going we're gonna to move into some of the negative because I have to heal the fact of there's some characters Wait. in Monday Night Raw that I did not like. Are, Bobby are, Lashley, Bobby Roode, Authors of Pain. What the fuck's going on with them? Hey, you know what? I just really can't get behind Bobby Lashley because he should be this powerhouse of a person. He's like a, He's bigger than everybody else, and he has this smile that's like, hey, I am like uh, – I'm selling real estate or something like Is that. Is he you know the worst I mean? person that they could have signed? I would rather like, him... I, I don't want him in in my team. I, I would rather have not ever seen Bobby Lashley come back ever because I like, agree. the song is could be a good interest, interest music to somebody who cared. His look is pretty good. He's pretty demanding in the ring, but when you get the mic on him, he's like, hey, I'm here, you're here, let's have fun. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're just not connecting You're on right. both levels and no one gets him no one's getting behind him and there's a disconnect between him being so family friendly and trying to be this big freaking uh like killer so yeah. i think i would prefer just to never see bobby lashley on camera ever again i agree i agree and his stupid little steve. son or daughter <laughs> or whatever whoever he or she was steve i may have a little heel that might be a little controversial uh -oh. But the women's evolution, I have to heal it. Uh, the end of Raw ended with a great tag team match with the women. It was Bailey and Sasha against the Riot Squad, which I thought was a great match. And then they push Ronda Rousey 
and Alicia Fox as their main event. I think it's all great. And I strongly believe that the women should be featured in high-profile matches like that. But part of me misses that Attitude Era of women's wrestling. Those skimpy bikinis, the uh, lingerie matches, Sable with the pasties. Am I the only one missing this aspect of women's wrestling? I'm going to heal your heel, and I'm going to say you're totally inappropriate because I definitely appreciate the athleticism and the fact that they're going to bring the women's vision up into the main event of the show. Yes, yes, there is that innate sexuality because they are beautiful women and the majority of the fan base is, you know, probably a heterosexual male, you know? Right. Um, and they're all beautiful, athletic, gorgeous ladies. But it should be based on the fact that they are athletically capable and they are able to hold down the main event spot. And I think Ronda Rousey is awesome. I think that they should have not let her speak on the microphone so much when she first came around. And maybe she's speaking less now and just kind of being more of like a killer. And mm-hmm. when she gets those fucking arm bars on those on the other girls, it's like it's 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 brutal. That shit is brutal. And she looks like a fucking killer. And she is definitely claiming her spot in the main event. So that's 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 awesome. Alicia Fox, uh, don't know why she's there. Can you, a veteran in the business. I, I mean, yeah. Part but can, of you, can, the, you, can you let me? Can you enlighten me to why she's just going to be in the main event out of nowhere? I mean, you talk about someone who has been part of the revol- women's revolution, who has probably the longest career in the women's division right now. I, I think she's earned her spot. In the main event for Raw. Well, yeah, with tenure but, and such, but with, but with you know, tenure, but with, with tenacity or with uh, you know even just popularity, being, excitement. Just, yeah, even just being right. um, accessible or relevant, maybe not so much. Well, we move on from Monday Night Raw. We move on to SmackDown. Did you guys get a chance to watch SmackDown? Oh, you know, hey, you know, you know the hey, you know the only thing I watched less than Raw was SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, let's just get into some ratings. This week's Raw drew a 2.804 million viewers, which is down from last week's 2.9. Uh, Raw was the number one for the night in viewership on cable for the second week in a row. Raw was number two in the 18 to 49 demographic behind Love and Hip Hop. You guys really should check out that show. SmackDown this week's. SmackDown was 2.197 million viewers, which is down from last week's 2.401. SmackDown was number seven in viewership for the night and cable behind Hannity, the Rachel Maddow show, and Ingram Angle, last word. SmackDown was number one in the 18 to 49 demographic for the second week in a row. Now, we're big fans of The Miz here. So the this week's Miz and Mrs. drew a one point. Two two five million viewers, which is down from last week's one point three oh three million viewers, which ranked number three for the night on cable between eighteen and forty nine demographic. We wrap up this week's show with our final thoughts. So, gentlemen, thank you for joining me tonight on episode one twenty nine. It was a pleasure. It's it's like a tradition now. The Boulevard Bullies come at the end of every summer. Oh, my so God. a shot of wrestling to get fucked up. I feel like this is our worst <laughs> episode yet. I appreciate having uh, you guys having us. Um, 
thank you. I, I I feel bad for everybody having to deal with us talking about nonsense for four hours. Yeah, what else it'll do you probably, want us- It'll probably make it cut, cut down to an hour and a half. Uh, love you all. Take care. See you later. Subscribe to the YouTube. Kisses. Hugs. By the way, um, subscribe to my personal podcast if I'm just going to start doing four hours. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to my personal podcast, uh, Patrick Boulevard Bullies. It's, not, it's actually just the PKOD. It's the podcast of Doom. <laughs> yeah, podcast of Doom. Yeah, pod K K A S of Doom. Yeah, yeah it's basically like. <laughs> I'm just going to do the exact opposite of everything that you've heard here, and I'm just going to talk about all the shit I hate because, obviously, I have too much hate for any podcast to exist on this world. So, whoop, whoop. <laughs> well, whatever, 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 Greenman. It, it, it has truly been a pleasure. And has it? Yeah, has it no, been, it really? To- it really totally has. Thank you for getting me Lies. drunk in a long Liar. time. It has been a long time since the Greenman has been this drunk. Uh, maybe at Boardwalk Beatdown, I'll be able to get tr- this drunk again. And we are the official podcast of Boardwalk Beatdown, so continue to follow us on all social media. That is a shot of wrestling on Facebook and Instagram, and shot of wrestling no a on Twitter. We are on the road to Boardwalk Beatdown, and next week's episode will feature. Gentlemen, are you ready for this? This is the Bulldozer Matt Tremont. I will be on the next episode of A Shot of Wrestling. Your dad! Dad! Is that? Your daddy is no coming way. to A Shot dad. of Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bulldozer Matt Tremont will be featured on episode 130. Thank you, brother. Our biological father. Steve just knows all the episodes. Like he's, so, he's so locked in. I love the episodes. Biological father, 130. For Steve the Bully, for Pat the Bully, I'm the Green Man. Green Man out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. I totally agree. And in other news...